Hungry? Well, before you head to the refrigerator for a sandwich or to the nearest fast food restaurant for a burger, maybe you should reconsider, not necessarily for your health, but for the health of our planet. That takes us beyond meat, which is where we are going today. Welcome to Created to Reign, a production of the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation. The Cornwall Alliance is a ministry dedicated to helping fulfill the mandate God gave mankind in Genesis 1.28, to subdue and rule the earth in a way that enhances its fruitfulness, its beauty, and its safety for the glory of God and for the benefit of our neighbors. And remember, you can save 50% on educational resources from the Cornwall Alliance online store during October of 2023. Check out some of our best-selling books, magazines, and DVDs. No coupon necessary. Discount will automatically be applied at checkout. And remember, that's cornwallalliance.org. Back in 2019, a big push was to replace real meat with a vegan substitute. Cattle, of course, are big emitters of natural gas, contributing about 14% of all global emissions. If the planet is to reach the draconian goals of reducing emissions quickly to limit warming to just 1.5 degrees Celsius, then beef and dairy must be eliminated from our diets. And while we are at it, goats, sheep, deer, and buffalo. These are part of a group of animals called ruminants, which eat grass, have hooves, and use four stomachs for digestion. It is this plethora of stomachs that allows them to digest lots of stuff that we simply could and would never eat and produce lots of methane gas in the process. That is why ruminants are bad for the planet, even though God proclaimed them to be good. Moreover, ruminants require lots of space to graze, land that can be used to grow vegetables or, as is becoming more common, land converted to house solar factories. So the net effect is to remove methane-producing animals from meadows and replace them with beautiful fields of solar panels. Not sure how solar panels taste, but I digress. But you know, people just love burgers. So ingenious environmentalist-oriented chefs came up with the idea of making vegan burgers and veggie burgers. What's the difference? Vegan burgers are made to mimic the flavor and texture of actual meat and are protein-based, just like the original. Veggie burgers, on the other hand, are made of vegetable constituents and make no attempt to resemble beef, either in its look or taste. With veggie burgers, consumers can spot them a mile away, and apparently they stay that far away from them as well. Vegan burgers, on the other hand, are intended to let the consumer think they are eating beef while saving the planet from ruminant pollution. So just what is in a vegan burger? Are you really sure you want to know? Okay, here we go. Our first ingredient, in no particular order, is methylcellulose. It serves to keep water in the vegan burger while it is being cooked and as a non-nutritional thickener. Think of methylcellulose as an ingredient that keeps the burger from becoming a flat brick when cooked. It also acts as a laxative, which could turn you into a ruminant. But again, I digress. Pea protein is our second ingredient. It is a high-fiber source of protein and also acts as a thickener. It makes the vegan burger high in protein, just like the beef burger it was designed to replace. 
Next, of course, you'll need natural flavorings. If they're going to fool you into thinking this is meat, it has to taste like meat. The actual ingredients are proprietary, but usually consist of extracts of the medicinal plant valerian. Mmm. The fourth ingredient is potato starch. Pea protein has its starch removed, so some of it has to be reintroduced to give the vegan burger its texture. Moreover, potato starch holds water, again helping to keep the burger from becoming a flat brick when cooked. And it stops the vegetable fats from dissipating too quickly, again making them mimic animal fat behavior. But potato starch converts to sugars. So if you're a diabetic or a pre-diabetic, you probably want to stay away from the vegan burger. And in keeping with the diabetic warning, the fifth ingredient is a mix of fillers, including maltodextrin. It is a carbohydrate that is commonly found in highly processed foods. It originates with rice, corn, wheat, or potato starch, but then is mixed with acids or enzymes to break it down further. It also has a very high glycemic index, meaning that it will spike your blood sugar. Again, if you are a diabetic or a pre-diabetic, you probably should stay clear of vegan burgers. Now, in addition to taste, the vegan burger must also look the part. So to give it that blood-tainted look, pomegranate, carrot, and beetroot extract are added in just the right amount to color the burger a light shade of blood red. And our last ingredient is apple extract, included to serve as an antioxidant and preservative. So now that your mouth is watering, and assuming you aren't a diabetic who was tricked into thinking that you could eat all the vegan burgers to your heart's desire, you may be thinking about becoming a venture capitalist and investing in this latest fad of the fake meat. Good thing you didn't, as the vegan burger bubble has popped big time. Beyond Meat is one of the big players in the vegan burger industry. In May of 2019, it debuted on the NASDAQ at $25 per share. After just a couple of weeks, it was up to $234 per share, a tidy profit if you were smart enough to get in early. But you also wanted to get out early, as the stock subsequently fell to just $12 a share last month, a decline to just 5% of its all-time high. Its competitors did not fare well either. Contributing to the Beyond Meat decline was a behavior of its chief operating officer, Douglas Ramsey was involved in a road rage incident in Arkansas after a college football game. Ramsey pled guilty to punching the other motorist and then, dare I say it, biting him on the nose. Okay, the CEO of a fake meat company pled guilty to biting someone in a fight. Ah, this is just too easy for me to make that joke. So you go make up your own. But McDonald's used the Beyond Meat vegan burger in their McPlant burger. For fun, go into a McDonald's and order a McPlant. See what happens. You can then ask for the McLean Deluxe, which debuted during the fad anti-fat diet craze of the early 1990s. In the Mid-Atlantic region, McDonald's also came up with the McCrab. It failed because here we know what crab is supposed to taste like. So why did McPlant fail? McDLT failed because of the styrofoam container, but McPlant was supposed to be an environmentally friendly alternative to beef. What happened? Well, if you talk with anyone in the restaurant industry, they will tell you that unless you can package something as a delicacy, if it tastes like cardboard or costs an arm and a leg, no one simply is going to buy it. 
The first problem with McPlant is that it was supposed to cater to vegans and vegetarians. As Ben Marlowe from The Telegraph notes, the reason that vegans and vegetarians eschew meat is that they hate killing animals. So why would they clamor after something that looks like they just killed an animal? Is this the marketing ploy? All the taste of meat with no animals harmed in the process. No, that just doesn't appeal to most vegans or vegetarians. But if you're a meat eater, then why would you want a substitute that doesn't quite have the same taste and that is made in a laboratory and not in a grass-covered field? It doesn't appeal to either the carnivore or the herbivore markets. And once diabetics and those trying to cut down on sugar and carbohydrate intake figure out that vegan burgers just aren't good for them, they've lost those markets as well. Thus, there is almost no one left in the vegan burger market, except for meat-eating environmentalists. Yes, these are the people for whom virtue signaling is an important staple in their diet. They want to be seen eating a vegan burger, but they don't necessarily want to consume it. So they buy a couple of boxes of vegan burgers and let them frost burn in their freezer so that someone comes over, they can show them that their freezer is full of environmentally friendly foods. They buy a McPlant or two, discard the contents, and then wrap their Angus burgers in a McPlant wrappers. Virtue signal and eat beef too. The best of both worlds. But McPlant might have been a cost-cutting alternative if it actually were less expensive than beef. Often vegan burgers are more expensive than beef burgers, and at least they aren't an inexpensive alternative. So if you're a vegetarian on a shoestring budget, then just eat vegetables. They're cheaper, much better for you, and absent all the processing. There's really no market for Beyond Meat, McPlant, or any other vegan burger alternatives. Unless you have it, government subsidies. See, the government could have taxed beef and given lots of federal funds to the vegan burger industry. But they didn't, and the market forces went to work and demonstrated why this new product was doomed to failure. This is the way the free market is supposed to work. Some products succeed, some fail. McPlant, McCrab, McLobster, McSpaghetti, and even the environmentally friendly and meatless Hula Burger, a grilled pineapple slab on a bun with a single slice of American cheese. All of those have passed into history while the Big Mac and McMuffins live on. Long live the free market. So before we start to exterminate ruminants because they are destroying the planet, let me point out that ruminants were created by God in Genesis 1, and 25, and God declared them as good. Who are we to tell God that he was wrong just because they produced some methane gas? So go hug a ruminant today. Thank you for listening to Created to Rain. Until next time, I am David Arla Gates, and may God richly bless you.